0: You're listening to Soul Work With San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. I'm honored, but also real hype to be with you for this quick episode, because we're about to take a few minutes to punch fear in the face. If you've had enough of the inner terror amidst all of this chaos going on in our world, you're gonna want to stay for this one. It's time to get your strength back. You ready? Let's work. Um, Lord, do we have some catching up to do? Morning, evening, and good night. How you doing? How are you? (laughs) How is your soul? It's been a few weeks, I must say that. And I'm going to do a better job communicating if I ever have to take a break again. But I do want to tell y'all why. So it's been a few weeks since the last episode. And I want to thank all of you for your patience and kindness. Now, shortly after back-to-school season, which starts in early August here in Florida, our whole house got hit with COVID. And, bruh, it was a wild time. Now, for most of us, the symptoms were mild, thank God. But there were a few days that were nothing less than dreadful, and it got a little sticky. So, number one, I am so, so grateful to God for His healing. And I learned plenty through the process, especially how exhausting COVID is. Like, it's just... Physically and mentally, that thing will wear you down. But thankfully, the kids and I and Rue and I were fine. Um, So I still haven't gotten my taste or smell back yet, which was dreadful because Oxdale, right? Hello? (laughs) It's hurting. It it hurts. (laughs) But I have been leveraging this time to try and quit sugar. Amen. Yes, the main takeaway during our time of recovery was the power of perspective. We've gotten back into our rhythms for the fall and for home life. We're back to the weekly meals and the planning and the making of the lunch and kids are back in school. So God is just better than good. And I'm grateful for his faithfulness to us. But moving on, I want to jump really quick into this episode of encouragement because I think we can all use more of that today. It came from, it was sparked from a talk I had with my oldest daughter. She was sharing with me her apprehension about school and the state of the world. Simply put, she was scared. And it's understandable because I've listened to a recent talk on the stats of the emotional health of Generation Z. And essentially, they are the most scared and depressed generation we've ever encountered. But can we blame them? Like, these are the kids whose lives have included massive school shootings, increased suicide in their age group, numerous natural disasters, and gloom all over the news. They are the generation that know nothing except digital transactions and constant comparisons to filtered pictures and fantasy. So it's, it's easy to look around as a kid and wonder, what is all this for? Am I safe? Am I loved? Who can I trust? Right, And if we're honest, if we're ready to do that, which we do that on this show, many of us adults are navigating our lives with the same questions. We've endured enough of life, and yet for many of us, Christians included, and especially, we're still wondering, what is all this for? Am I loved? Am I safe? Who can I trust? I don't know about you, but I know I felt this way. And this past year, fam, I found myself anxious in ways I'd never experienced before. I would never categorize myself as an anxious person. I'm typically very laid back, very chill. But man, seeing all the countless RIPs, it feels like every day that you log on to social media, unfortunately, someone has passed. So seeing that pop up on social media, hearing all the vitriol coming from the evangelical church, no less, like I would do a rant on mean Christians, but I'm gonna save that for a future episode. But seeing that, along with the aggressive division on how best to handle the pandemic, vaccinated versus unvaccinated or non-vaccinated, it'll make anybody uneasy. But I was helped when I started to rehearse these truths that I'm about to share with you. It helped me to start to sleep better at night and have more peaceful mornings. So when we were talking, I shared this with my daughter, and I want to share it with y'all now because I think it'll really be beneficial. So let's get into them. Here are three truths that'll help you fight fear. Number one, you are loved by God and no one can take that away from you. Man, listen, this truth is the one on which all the others can sit. It's foundational. It is the most crucial and pivotal to your soul. It is the place where we must start if we're going to give fear a black eye. Why? Because much of the fear and angst of our souls, it's rooted in questioning where we stand. Wondering if we are loved, if we're enough. Our deepest need is to be fully known and fully loved. And the tension we face, even with some of our closest bonds, is this. If they really knew me, they wouldn't love me anymore. But we never have to worry about that with God. Fam, I remember being in a place in my walk where I was constantly wondering if God was mad at me, right? Like when you, when you get accustomed to that typical um, judgmental mindset, even in church, you'll start wondering, if I do this, will he get mad at me? God's going to get you, you know, that kind of thinking, right? And I've spoken with so many folk who have had the same experience of that same kind of fear of condemnation. So what do we do with that? Typically, we cover it with hyper-performance and then self-righteous judgment. So we do a whole lot of work for the church while pointing out everybody else's problems. And that makes you feel like acquiring more external trophies will fix a broken heart posture or that the distraction of shaming others will heal what's happening in our own souls. Mm -mm, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It doesn't work. And it only exacerbates the fear. And also, can we keep it a buck? Yes, we can, because this show we we honest. Living through that, performing and duty, it's exhausting, and it breeds resentment. Peep Martha when she got hot with Jesus because he didn't rebuke her sister Mary for delighting in his presence rather than working like she was, right? And Lord, wouldn't that make a good story time coming coming soon? I'm going to have to do the story time on that because it's powerful. Because Martha literally turns to him and says, don't you care? Imagine doing all that work. That's what she said to Jesus, y'all. She said out her mouth, she looked at Jesus in her annoyance and said, don't you even care about me? Because imagine doing all that work and you're still unsure of your place in him. Fam, God did not design devotion to be this way. So we have to reject the notion that life with Christ means earning our love and salvation. No, it's a gift to be received. One of my favorite verses to back this up is Jeremiah 30 verses 3, where we're loved with an everlasting love. Hit up your Bible to read the rest. It is more than worth your time. It's so juicy. But we're loved. That's the first truth. And nobody can take that from us. Number two you are his child. This is the promise for the believer. When you become a believer, the benefits are endless and eternal, right? And one of the most significant ones, even though this sounds simple, it's your place in God as his child. It may be simple, but it's huge. Here's why our hearts now have a home and it's found in our father. Because belonging to him brings us into the household of faith, as Paul writes. And now we've got a family of brothers and sisters who aren't perfect, but striving to be led by love and heading in the direction of our eternal home. Or at least we're supposed to be. But even that, that's God's business, not ours. So when it comes to even our fellow brothers and sisters who may not be (laughs) on the straight and narrow, we're going to stick beside them okay, with boundaries but we're going to stick beside them because they're a part of the household of faith. Now, my very favorite scripture for this is Romans eight fifteen. We do not have to be afraid because we're not slaves, but adopted daughters and sons. We have a father that we can call. So Tim Keller, one of my favorite uh, teachers, Bible teachers, he has this quote that I love. And it, he says this, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. Woo, fam, we can come to God and be received by him even when we've done wrong, especially when we've done wrong. So the shame that others have placed on you, that's not the father's heart towards you. Read Romans 7 and 8 if you want more clarity on that, chief. But condemnation, that's not your calling. There's literally no need to fear. You're his child. Now, let's hit you with the number three. And this one, this is the one that brings rest. This is the one that brings that peace. When you're getting ready to go to bed at night and you feel that anxiety coming on you like a cloak. Remember number three. He will always take care of you. Ooh, wait, that's the one. Okay. Here's why. Anybody else wore out the whole Gyra track from Mav City Music when it first dropped? And still? Okay, it resonates because it's true. Now, there's so much selfishness and greed out there that it's easy to fear that you'll fail or be left out in the cold emotionally, financially, and otherwise. But we don't have to fret. In Genesis 22, we get this account of Abraham. Right, he's finally with his promised son Isaac, but it also shows us the process that he endured when God tells him to sacrifice his son. Now, long story short, God provides a ram in the bush instead. Now, there's so much richness in the text, but my favorite is when Abraham names the place. He acknowledges who God is as Jehovah Jireh. Now, when memorializing a place, it's typically to acknowledge what was done. Right. But what's dope about this name is that it doesn't mean the Lord did provide, but that the Lord is the provision. God is who we actually need. And this it seems like, oh, son, are you being a bit ridiculous about this? Why are you getting stuck on that point? Because we can get stuck on these points. We can be looking to God for things and he's trying to give us more of himself. Because if we have more of him, we'll have less need of some of those things. How do we know this? Because the needs, the real needs, he meets those. So the the things that we may be pining or desiring or craving from the soul, God is saying, nothing wrong with that, but I want to give you more of me first so that those things you crave don't have you. Right? So when Abraham does this, this provides an awareness. This truth provides an awareness of what he did in our past. It gives us the miracle of our present and the anticipation of our future. The fact that God will do it. It's a promise. And what do we know about the promises of God? He always makes do on them. Why? Because he loves us and we're his children. And so the best part of this provision for me is that it extends beyond money. God himself is our provision. He's committed to his kids. That's the promise and comfort, that he will always take care of us. So fam, whatever we need God to be, he is. He wants to be that for us. Will we trust this truth? So will we turn down the volume of other distractions? Will we ignore our fear enough to sift through the lies and find his loving steadfast truth, because he wants us to walk in this. It is for our soul's benefit. These statements are intentional because they seek to address three of humanity's greatest spaces of quandary and wonder. That is acceptance and love, identity and provision. See, when you peel back the layers of your greatest fears or the source of your timidity, you're probably going to find that one of these issues is actually at the root. Who am I? Will I belong, be accepted, and who's there to take care of me? I mean, the never-ending arguments on social media about high-value man this and what you bring into the table woman that, and if you pull back the laundry list of requirements and demands being made from both sides, what people are really looking for is someone who will love and care for them authentically. Because we all desire these things, no matter who we are or where we are in life. Fully known, fully loved. But the hunt to calm and quell these fears, it can have us out here further from the truth we seek, actually. So in other words, in our search for love, acceptance, and care, we'll find ourselves in cycles of dysfunction because we haven't embraced the truth that it starts with God first. Before any human can contribute to my soul's satisfaction, God has to fill that first. I know it seems a little crazy, but argue with your mom. To paraphrase Augustine's writing, he says this, your soul won't find rest until you find it in him. So let's wrap up here. Remember the word and then rehearse the word. Not like some robotic checklist that you do so you can feel closer to God, but as an invitation, fam, to be in relationship that's filled with everlasting, ain't going nowhere, you can't get out of it kind of love. No, you're not perfect and you won't always feel amazing. I don't know a relationship that does. So when you're walking with God, it's not, going, it's not about feelings. But here's what we do know. Beyond the feeling, your place in the relationship will always be secure. And I think that's one of the most enjoyable parts of being with Jesus. He's never going to put me out. Like there's never a day that I'll wake up and he'll be gone. There's never anything that I can say to him that'll make him walk away or leave me. My place in and with him is secure. And I don't have to ever fear that he'll stop loving me. I don't ever have to perform for him, hoping that if I keep him happy, that he'll stay. So the greatest encouragement about these three truths is that they're a promise. Fam, you are loved by him. You are his child, and he's always going to take care of you. Now, there's so much going on. There was the tragic upheaval happening in Afghanistan. There's the devastation that's hit Haiti. And even recently, I'm not going to lie, I posted this on my Facebook. Actually, tonight, I was deeply triggered by the trash that's happening at the border with how Haitians are being treated. Horses and reins, a.k.a. whips. Are you serious? So there's all of that going on, the almost two-year global pandemic, thousands of children now being hit by another variant, and then there's another one on the way. The world is literally on fire because of climate change. I could go on and on. Simply put, in this life, we'll never run out of reasons to pray. And yet, He hears us when we pray. Praying is not a last resort. It's not some small thing that we do. It is our conversation with the Almighty. He receives us as his own, and he'll never stop loving and taking care of his children. These promises that we just discussed, these three truths, of course, they'll combat fear because they're available to all of those who believe in him. So what do we do? We fight fear with love, faith, and with memory, remembering these truths. So no matter what is happening now, nor what is to come you will not be overcome because the God of the universe, he stoops to our dwelling to see about us. He's not going to fail you and he cannot lie. He's not going to leave you in the desert. You're not going to lose your mind. You will not break and he's not going to abandon you. My friend, I know it gets hard. It feels hard, but you're not alone. You're going to get through this season of grief You will move beyond this moment of pressure. He is going to send the answers and pull you out of confusion. Despair will not be your portion much longer. Why? Because your God loves you. He cares and he will always take care of you, his beloved child. So let's be encouraged to continue because we've got a God who's with us. Fam, thank you for being with me and this episode today. Man, listen, every once in a while, you just need a reminder that you're not crazy. And the sacrifice of serving him is more than worth it. So I hope this episode did just that. Now, I'd love to hear from you. It's been a few, a little while, so I'd love to catch up and let's chop it up some more. And also, especially because of the nature of this episode, if there's something you want prayer about, email hello at soulworkwithsan.com. I'd love to be able to pray with you or for you. Now, you can also hit up the site, sanpope.com, S-A-H-N.com, P-O-P-E.com. You can reach me there. Um, If you haven't, we do have a new ebook that I just dropped um, about a month ago, Your Soul is Worth the Work. And on the site, you can also see some merch and companion journals and all of that that you can do your soul work in. So check it out when you get the chance. Thank you, thank you, thank you to every listener, every person that's left a rating and review. If you found value in this show, I'd love for you to subscribe and do just that. It helps us get the word out for the show. We are beyond grateful for every listener, every milestone, and the way that this little pod that could is what I call it. It's moving and reaching people just to remind them that hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And yes, healing is available to you. Sam, I'm signing off here. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.